time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 132 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house in historic Gettysburg, PA. Bantam Coffee Roasters. Holly, and what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Today is the absolutely delicious Kenyan coffee. I think it's my personal favorite with notes of dark chocolate and caramel. And that's why it's your favorite. It's got caramel yeah, in it. <laughs> that's right. And you too can drink coffee from Bantam Coffee Roasters. Where can everybody go? Bantamroasters.com. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubbly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a longtime subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats, Orders $40 and more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubbly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. So just to let everybody know so that you might hear a little delay here and there, we are recording via Zoom today. Holly's on her farm and I'm on mine. Holly had some sheep shearing business that had to be done, or shall we say, not done. It was a complete debacle. It was. I don't want to be unkind, but the best I can say here is that the shearer that we hired was not up to standard. And yes, and so they sheared one of my sheep and Pete and I will be shearing the other five. And because I don't want to be a negative Nelly, that's all we're going to say about that. Yeah. So you were at your farm today and that's why we're here. But you have one sheep done, so four to go over Memorial Day weekend. Five. Five more to go. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, we got Limpopo last year. I know. You're like, yay, yeah. But I have, look at it this way. I have 10 sheep all together. So five of them are done. I have You're five halfway more there. You're halfway, halfway there. You're halfway there. We got this. So and a little, little nip of whiskey here and there to get me through. <laughs> yeah, a little more than that. <laughs> maybe a fifth. <laughs> maybe. By the end, by the time it's all said and done, maybe. I'm getting too old for this, man. Oh, yeah. So how are you doing on everything else besides that? Everything's great. I cannot wait to see these chicks grow up. They're all beautiful, but I'm absolutely enthralled with the dark Brahmas. Oh, yeah. They're just the most beautiful birds. They're getting these beautiful silver pencil feathers. I just can't wait to see all of them growing up. Mine over here are, they are some of the most fun batches of chicks I've gotten. I have to say, Joe always says the Houdans look like they belong in a marching band. And when you let them out, they're running around. They run, get a running start and run and fly into your lap when you're sitting (laughs) They're like, you can't, you can't be unhappy when you look at a Houdan. They're so funny. And don't forget, it was the Houdan party bus. Oh, yeah, the Houdan party bus. And they're like, keep the party going. The, we, Sophia and I had them out last night in the garage for a while, and they run and then they slide. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm not surprised, though. 
And then the coachin are so chill. They just look at them like, man, what are you doing? So coachins. You're going to be enthralled with those coachins once they're growing up. They're just the best birds. My smallest one is Francesca, and she is the total snuggler of the group. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be my, I'm going to sit on you for hours, chicken. I can already tell that. And then Joe says, Chris, you have one rogue Buff Orpington in there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's Margo. Margo's a rogue Buff Orpington. When we popped open the box from McMurray Hatchery, I was like, there's the Orpington right there. You can't miss her. There's Margo. That's right. Okay. So why don't you tell everybody about the Backyard Chicken Summit that we're going to be in? So we mentioned this last week. We will tell everyone again. We are going to be speakers in the Backyard Chicken Summit. It's a first ever inaugural event. It's June 12th through 14th. It's a completely free event. You can go to see the speakers in real time. That that includes our presentation, which is building your perfect flock with heritage breeds. If you want to see presentations again, or if you want to access them afterwards, you'll have to buy the admission and the toolkit. And that's a bunch of different guides, written guides that people have put together. And that will give you all access. We have links on our show notes. Those links are our affiliate links. So if you do buy the toolkit, we will earn a small commission from your purchase. It's going to be such a fun event. And we're going to be in the Facebook live room for about an hour after our presentation. Our presentation is the first day. I believe it's, is it one o'clock? One o'clock on the first day, right? So June 12th at one Mm o'clock. So that's when you can see us. And then we'll be in the live Facebook group after, and you can chat with us for a little bit afterwards. Okay, so that brings me to this. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button. You never miss an episode. And it's also a great way to help us grow. If you're looking for other ways to help the podcast, you can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can tell a couple of chicken-loving friends about the podcast. You can visit our Etsy shop. Check out the mugs and t-shirts we have there. You can become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. And the other way you can help the podcast is visit our website, use our affiliate links and discount codes and buy products from our sponsors. Yay. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the chicken love box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the February box, I absolutely love the red iron rooster trivet and the seed block. I really love that egg timer. It's going to be great when I'm baking. And those chicken stickers are going to be awesome on notes I send out. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals Health Products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. 
For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business, working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. It's time for the breed spotlight, yeah. Yeah. It's a little marching band in honor I, of the Hootans. I thought that was a marching band. I thought it was because we're doing an all-American breed. That too. <laughs> okay. Hey, it was it was two things in one. So this week's breed spotlight, we're doing the Buckeye. Yay! Another yay. There are yays everywhere. Well, Buckeyes, that's just an awesome breed. The Buckeye is an American heritage breed developed in Ohio in the late 1800s. Ohio is the Buckeye state. And if you don't know what a Buckeye is, it's actually a nut that grows on trees. I think they're they're indigenous to a lot of the eastern part of the U.S., but... If you look at the inside of the Buckeye nut, it's sort of like a chestnut. It's this glossy dark red. Right. So that's where the name comes from. The Buckeyes themselves are gorgeous, dark, mahogany bay red chickens. They are beautiful. They're, they're gorgeous birds. Now, they're the first breed in the U.S. developed by a woman. And that's why I put my yay in there. Yes. is a, a woman named Nettie Metcalf. The Buckeyes have had some serious brushes with extinction during their lifetime. Oh, but no. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks to some dedicated breeders, they are still hanging in there. Just about 20 years ago, the Buckeye was a critically endangered breed, if you can believe that. Really? Yep. I can't, I can't imagine that. Yeah. About 2005, the Livestock Conservancy launched the Buckeye Breeding Project, and it was extremely successful in raising some of the numbers in the U.S., as well as bringing the birds closer to size and confirmation, according to the Standard of Perfection. Right. Now, they're currently listed in the threatened category of the conservation priority list. So that's a move up for them, but we want to get them up out of that into recovering. That's Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. For you history buffs out there, the American Buckeye Poultry Club has some nice history articles on their website, which we will link to. And two of them were written by Mrs. Nettie Metcalf herself. It's so awesome that a woman created such a beautiful chicken. And, a, a, and she's American. It's a beautiful and a practical bird, too. Now, Nettie started keeping chickens in order to earn some egg money and have a bit of financial independence. Sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. The first two breeds she tried keeping were brown leghorns and brahmas, which I'd be gaga over. They did not work for her for one reason or another. Then she did langshans, and she adored the langshans, but their black feathers were endless trouble when dressing table birds. Oh. Yeah. So she tried Plymouth Rocks, and she liked them well enough, but she just so happened to have a neighbor who kept buff cochins, and they decided to trade hatching eggs. Okay. And Nettie began crossing her Plymouth Rock hens with some of the buff cochin cockerels that she hatched. Okay. Just a little side note. These articles are interesting for lots of reasons. But one of the big standouts to me was Nettie's frankness about how many of her chickens they lost early on because they didn't know how to give them good care. And I feel like that's where in this generation where we are today, we can benefit from all those mistakes that were made way back and well, learn right. from them. Well, right. And it's a good thing to talk about them because so often I'll hear or see people saying, well, our grandmothers knew what they were doing. It, it really is that easy. Well, no. If you listen to Nettie, your grandmothers killed a lot of chickens in their time. Yeah. They just didn't have the social media out there or anything out there right. to talk about it. Somebody knew about it. Exactly. Right. Right. If you weren't lucky enough to learn from someone who was really good at chicken keeping, then you probably did lose a lot of chickens. Yeah. Nettie really liked some things about the, the rock coaching crosses. 
but she decided to add another breed in her words in an effort to liven things up. Oh, she wanted a party out there. She wa- yeah, I guess so. So she added in what she thought were black-breasted red game birds. Okay. <laughs> That's a weird mix. To- I know. That's a weird bird to just throw in the mix. It kind of is. So some of the resulting birds were red, and she was just smitten with the red birds. She decided right then and there she was going to breed for red. But she later figured out that those game birds had actually been crossed with dark Cornish. Mm. And they eventually it worked out because they were the source of the Buckeye's peak home. Okay. After many more generations of breeding and ignoring her neighbor's snarky comments about her mongrel chickens, those are my words, not hers. <laughs> she was nice about it. She decided to name her birds Buckeye Reds because of their resemblance to that Buckeye nut. It's an awesome name too. It is. It really is. I mean, Ohio is known as the Buckeye State. Exactly. When I was doing research for this bird, I'm I'm searching for the Buckeye and I'm getting articles about Buckeye incubators and Buckeye this and Buckeye that, everything from Ohio. So Nettie went on to get the breed accepted into the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection in the American class in 1904. And let's just put that out there. That's not easy to do. And she did it all by herself with, with no support. Yeah, that's not, I mean, there are breeds today that want or need to be in there that are still struggling to get in there. This woman in 1904 did all this breeding to get a chicken, which she felt like had the look that she wanted, everything she wanted, and she got it. And it's amazing to me. She did show her birds once they were in, and she went on to found a Buckeye Club. She did it all, man. She really is amazing. So how about their appearance? Let's go into their appearance. They are heavy. They're dual purpose with the roosters averaging, now get this, about nine pounds. And the hens, they're a lot smaller at six and a half. So there is a, I always like seeing these chickens that have the big ranges between the roosters and the hens. And sometimes I always wonder why, but nine and six and a half. So that's a pretty large chicken, even for a hen that's a larger I feel chicken. like a lot of the american breeds are the breeds that have that big disparity i mean just think about jersey giants oh yeah oh yeah. yeah so they are the gorgeous dark red color with the tight feathering often found on the american breeds okay and they have small peak homes that holly Ann was talking about the red faces red earlobes and small waddles because they're a bigger bird they're going to be a little bit more cold hardy yep now, they do have sturdy, broad bodies with those yellow legs and feet. We all know I like yellow legs and feet in a bird. I just love nice. them. Nice. It's pretty. Yeah, so pretty. And like I said before, they're cold hardy. They got the big body mass and they got that small peak home that's going to be protected a little bit more with cold winters. Yeah. They're probably going to need some support in hot weather. I mean, oh, they're not as, definitely. They're not as feathery as a cochin, but that body mass will work against them. And that dark gray color probably too. Oh, yeah. There's lots of shade. So the hens are good layers of large brown eggs, which it's a good thing she kind of put that into the developing of the bird. They're good layers. And there's some variability in the laying from 150 to 200 per year, or you get about three or four eggs a week. And that's a great number for a family, let's say a four or five that's going to feed you guys. They do sometimes go broody. And when they do, they're excellent moms. So if you want a broody bird, this is for you, or you're going to be fighting a broody bird. I fight a lot of them. It's not fun. I know. (laughs) A lot of our breeds go broody. A lot of our favorite breeds are broodies. And yeah, yeah. Not fun. Not fun. No. So personality, Buckeyes are friendly and curious. They don't like being closely confined for too long, though. Okay. They're good companions, and they're often right with their people to see what's going on. They're reputed to do very well in a mixed flock, 
These One of my like, key points for birds. Yeah. I love it when they do well in a mixed flock. I Absolutely. And because they're active for such a large breed, they either need a really big run or closely supervised free range time, as you would expect. Very good foragers. They would make an excellent homestead breed. Beautiful bird. They're popular for showing. And they they're are just, just so pretty. They really are. They're a, they're a beautiful addition to a backyard flock. You know what I'm going to say. I could definitely see this bird <laughs> in my flock. Right now, my inn is full, so I can't say that about any more birds. My inn is full too, but Pete and I were talking about doing a whole coop that's American hens. Oh boy. So, <laughs> I'll you live know, through you guys. I'm going to come over and visit all your, your I'll birds. I'll have Delawares, Jersey Giants, and Buckeyes, and who else in the Americans? Dominiques, Javas. And while you're doing that, I'm going to have a marching band over here. You are. A party bus. The <laughs> Houdan party bus. <laughs> okay. So let's go into this all-important question now that we've talked about how beautiful this bird is, how great of a homestead bird this is. Where do we find them? You want to check the Livestock Conservancy's Breeders Directory, Sandhill Preservation Center, My Pet Chicken, and many of the large hatcheries carry them. We have even seen them in our local farm stores here, the mill. Yes, they have had them multiple years. And I have been sorely tempted. <laughs> Going in for feed, coming out with a chick. It's been known to happen. That's how I got my Jersey Giants. <laughs> okay, so we know where I'm going next. If you have the Buckeye, we want to see your pictures. Blood our Instagram or Facebook DMs with your pictures and we will give you a story. We love seeing your birds. It makes our day when the pictures come in. We love seeing how much you love them. I'm just over the moon that we got so many Waiting True Blue people sending in photos. That and the Polish exploded. I the loved Polish it. Everyone loves their Polish. Yes. Loved it. Okay. So if you have this bird, we want to see them. Send us pictures. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Amazon.com or Nestera.us. For a 5% discount, use the affiliate link in our show notes, on our website, and on Instagram. Link in bio. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We personally use Roosty's products with our chickens, and we're huge fans. They have their awesome nesting pads, do-it-yourself feeder and waterer kits, and they've just released their best product ever, a new chick feeder and waterer set. They have adjustable legs to keep food and water clean. They're super well-made, and the feeder even has a removable lid so it can easily be filled from the top. So if you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, all their products are available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Check out the Roosty store on Amazon or follow the link in our show notes. Now we're ready to move on to main topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have two mini main topics this week. We're going to break up two small subjects so that we can kind of touch on them. The first we want to talk about is something that's going to be coming up pretty quickly on the calendar. So we want to yeah. make sure everyone's aware of it. It's the new federal antibiotic law. And we don't know if everybody knows about it, but we're going to explain it to you right now. Okay, so it goes into effect on June 11th, 2023, so just about a week from now. Starting on that date, all sales of antibiotics for veterinary or animal use will require a prescription from a veterinarian. That this means everything a, that you get at tractor supply, yes. your farm it supply stores, it doesn't everything. Mean, it doesn't mean dewormers. 
It doesn't mean vaccines. It means antibiotics. This is a federal regulation. It applies across all U.S. states. The phrase you will see is that medically significant antibiotics, including SMZ, oxytetracycline, and penicillin, are no longer available over the counter. We don't like it. We don't like it either, but we all need to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, this is why we've always said all along to have a relationship with your veterinarian because at some point you're going to need them and now you're really going to need them. If you have chickens, this is the time to set up a well appointment with your closest poultry veterinarian so that when you need these medicines, you can get in quickly and get them because you're going to need your vet. Now, you don't necessarily have to purchase antibiotics straight from your veterinarian. You can buy them from an online supplier but you must have a prescription from your vet in order to do so. Right. So you have to have that relationship with your veterinarian at this point to get any type of veterinary, any type of antibiotic. This can definitely cause problems for all of us, and it can lead to vets struggling with more clients than they can handle. Contrary to what you might see online, we can tell you that the average vet is not going to make more money because of this regulation. If anything, it may become a burden for them. They're going to be overloaded and it's going to be harder to get in when you have a sick pet. This is the thing that we don't like about this, but we all have to just deal with it. Well, I mean, it causes problems all around. And this is a case of, well, I'll explain a little more, but essentially this is a case of big business did us all wrong. Holly Ann did the research into figuring out where this all came from, why we're dealing with this now. So why don't you tell us all kind of what you found? Okay. So after doing a lot of reading, and there are a couple of these articles and studies that I'll link to in the show notes, after doing a lot of reading, it looks like this is a last-ditch effort by the FDA to try to stop overuse of antibiotics, essentially prophylactic use, in food animals in commercial settings. And the reality is antibiotic resistance is a serious problem, and it generally is not coming from the general public's use of antibiotics from animals. It's tied to commercial farms. I found an article by UC Berkeley, and they looked at a couple of states that already had an antibiotic regulation, Maryland being one of them, right? and found that it wasn't working anyway. So the FDA has issued this regulation. The article by UC Berkeley cites the beef and pork industries as the biggest rule breakers. Right. So it's essentially somebody acts badly or poorly on the playground and everybody has to go in. Yep. That's so- That's That's what's kind of happened. And you also found that it's not so much on the poultry side as it is on beef and pork. So they're all lumped together in that same category. And that's why. So by removing antibiotics from the shelves of farm supply stores and online veterinary suppliers, the FDA is essentially making a desperate pitch to stop those farms. The regulation requires farms to have what's called a VFD, a veterinary feed directive, as well as a prescription before using antibiotics on a, on a herd. This essentially, this puts a lot of pressure on the veterinarians because it allows a veterinarian to make a risk-based assessment of these commercial livestock herds before an entire herd is treated prophylactically and the antibiotics end up in the food system. I mean, a lot of times with the meat that's coming in, you don't understand how much other stuff you're eating when you eat this. Right. So this is what the FDA is trying to curb along with stopping resistance to antibiotics. The plain fact is that there are astonishing numbers of meat that come into retail establishments, supermarkets, and the drugs in them haven't even been disclosed. Right. That's a big problem. So we urge everyone to establish a vet-client relationship as soon as possible. As always, our offer stands. We will help you find a vet 
you may have to drive sometimes as much as an hour or so away, but look at it this way. Your poultry deserve care and you deserve peace of mind. Right. So we have helped. It's countless. The number of people that we have helped find poultry vets. A lot of people. We take our time. We take the time that we have and we help you. We actually go through the vets. We make the calls and we tell you where to go. We want your chickens to be seen. And especially if they're sick and they need medicine, we will help you if you contact us. If you DM us, if you email us, we will help you. And they're out there. The poultry vets are out there. We will help you find a vet. It's so important. If you even start with a well visit just to meet the vet and go in for an examination, that's all you have to do to become a client. That way, if something happens and you need the medicine, you have a place to go. So we're going to leave it at that. If you have any other questions or concerns or anything that you'd like to know about it, please contact us. We will help you the best that we can. So let's move on to our second mini main this week. And we want to talk about rye neck because rye neck comes up a lot and we get a lot of questions about rye neck. Yeah, especially during chick season. Rye neck or torticollis is like we said, it's most common in chick season and it's probably because it's mostly seen in juvenile birds. Right. It's a condition where the chick or the bird presents with their head either going way backwards as if they're stargazing, that's another name for it. Right. Or it may twist so that their head is looking downwards or even downwards and backwards. It's pretty disturbing if you are not used to seeing it. Yeah. Even for seasoned people, I don't like seeing stuff like that either. No, it, it's it, it can really mess with you. Your bird looks contorted. It really is rough to yeah. look at. But Rynek is a symptom of a greater problem. And we've talked about this before, vitamin mm-hmm. and mineral deficiencies. That's a big cause of it. Injury can cause it. Neurological problems or even viruses or some other illnesses can cause it. Yes. Most of the time, like you said, it's the vitamin and mineral deficiency with injury probably being the second most common cause. Right. So if they're little chicks and they're in a brooder, they jump the wrong way. They hit their head. Somebody jumps into them. A lot of it is neurological injuries to the head also. So those are the things you're going to be looking out for. My little blue cochin indigo, who's in the brooder right now, she's the one that had that slight leg injury when she came through shipping. She was doing it a little bit, probably injury. It cleared up after a couple of days, but it's alarming when you see it. It's not fun. No. So vitamin E and some of the B vitamins are usually the culprits here. You're usually dealing with a deficiency in that area. Right. These can come from improper feeding. That could be that you're feeding a food that, that's not for babies. Right. It, it, can even, the- it can even come from the mom beforehand. Exactly. I saw this a little while ago. So you and I haven't even talked about it. I was reading about rye neck occurring in freshly hatched chicks because the eggs have been exposed to pesticides or things like that. It makes sense. So just be super careful where you buy your eggs if you're going to be hatching. Oh, that's for sure. Definitely. Now, we did an episode on vitamin and mineral deficiencies, episode number 112. There's a lot of useful stuff in there. And we also did an episode where we talked to Dr. Rebecca, it's episode number 115, about taking care of chicks and dealing with these different things and how to use the supplements. Now, we talk about this a lot, polyvisol, you're going to want to have this on hand at all times for your chicks. Without iron, polyvisol, remember that name, write it down, you're going to need it. Neutral Drench is good, and in some cases, it has what you need, but polyvisol is better when you're dealing with vitamin and mineral deficiency. Yes, especially for chicks, on the chick side. Exactly. In general, we're talking about chicks right this moment. In general, if you have, actually, no, this applies to any kind of bird. 
If you have a case of Rhinic, isolate them. Yep. If it's a chick, keep them warm and comfortable. Keep food and water with them. If they can't eat and drink easily on their own, you're going to have to carefully feed them with a liquid food. Mm-hmm. If your bird is not showing any improvement after a few days on vitamin supplements, you definitely want to consult a veterinarian. That is a big yes. So you're going to try to treat with the vitamins and minerals for a day or so. And if you don't see any improvement, please call the veterinarian and go there and let them help you also. I would not go past, say, 48 hours. No, me either. I'm usually like 24 hours and then I'm like, okay, on the phone. Dr. Rebecca, what's going on? Another good resource for looking up stuff on Rynec is through Poultry DVM. They have a very good information sheet on Rynec. So you may want to head over there and check that out too. I guess I would finish with, if you have an adult bird with Rynec problems, I would probably go to the vet right away with that. Yeah. And if you have an adult bird, it may be more due to an injury. Yeah, definitely. Or some illness. And with either a chick or an adult bird, a vet can help you with supportive care and things like that. But with the adult, like the, the chick, it's really common for it to be a vitamin and mineral deficiency. Right. Okay. So again, if you need help finding veterinarians, we are here. Contact us. We will help you. So let's move on to cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. This week, it's cracking the eggs. Let's tell everybody what we're doing. It's pretty cool. This is really fancy schmancy. It's a savory layered omelet cake with greens and caramelized onions. Now, does that not sound like a garden party dish or what? Really, really, really sounds good. This one was your idea, and I just took it and ran with it because, wow. <laughs> I am the idea girl. I like coming up with these. It's like, fun. I wish people could hear the ideas we were coming up with recipes earlier. And I was like, are you going to develop this recipe? And she looks right at me and says, no, you are. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That's man. the way we roll. <laughs> so this is a fun recipe. It works as well for brunch as it does for like a small dinner party. Plus, it uses a lot of eggs. Chicken lady be- garden party. That's you where you could, need yeah. This would be really nice. We need to throw another one. Yes. And this would be nice with a nice glass of white wine. And I could really use a glass of white wine right now. Oh, yes, you could. (laughs) I I think that this would be absolutely fantastic if you added some thinly sliced smoked salmon between the layers. That sounds so good. Uh Okay. So let's go into the list of ingredients that you're going to need. This one's going to be bigger. Now, we have 40 dozen eggs this time of year at all times. So (laughs) this should not be a problem. Eight large eggs a half a cup of milk or plant-based milk, salt, pepper, any other seasonings that you want that you kind of like the taste of, you want to throw in there. Dill. I love dill and eggs. I think it's awesome. Several big handfuls of greens, arugula, cress, anything that's a tasty green that you want to throw in. Two sweet onions, peeled and sliced into thin rings. I always have a trouble getting mine in without breaking them, the rings. I always it doesn't matter. <laughs> in this recipe, it doesn't matter. That's just the shape you want, but they're going to cook down anyway. Okay, so let's start with telling everybody what you're gonna, how you're going to start here. The first thing you're going to do is caramelize your onions. And as always, our recipes on the website are going to have complete directions for this. You're going to splash some olive oil into a pan. You're going to cook your onions over a low heat. So they're brown and caramelized. You That's need the, the long, key. slow, yep, long, slow heat on this one. And then you just set them aside. Then you're going to make your omelet base, your egg crepes. I think I use those terms interchangeably. Yes, you do. So just beat your eggs and milk together. I did these on my crepe pan. You can also use a skillet. Whatever you would, if you normally make crepes, use whatever you use for your crepe making. The fancy dancy crepe pan is always fun. 
Yes. And you're going to do this ex- the exact same way you would do crepes. You're going to take that batter, a couple of tablespoons, spread it around. It's going to cook for 30 seconds, flip it. And you're going to use all of these. I think mine made about seven or eight layers. Right. The one thing I will say is when you're assembling, do this carefully because the egg crepes are kind of they're fragile. Ca- yeah, they're fragile. They can break in half very easily. And you just assemble it. So you're going to put an egg crepe, a layer of the caramelized onions, a handful of the greens, salmon, if you're going to add that. Smoked salmon sounds so good in this. Yes. You're going to end with an egg crepe. You can sprinkle some chives or some other green herbs on the top and serve it. It's that easy. It's fancy, but easy. And you're going to impress your friends. This is what I love about this recipe. And I love these recipes that you take somewhere and they're like, oh my God. And and it took you like 15 minutes and it's not hard. It's all in the presentation and how you put it together. A beautiful chicken dish, a beautiful cake plate, something that you can layer it up on. It tastes so good. You could even with this add like your favorite kind of hot sauces or different sauces over the top. That would make it even more savory. I was thinking a smear of dairy-free cream cheese with dill and chives in it, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do hot sauce and eggs. That would be really pretty going down the sides of it. Oh, just like a drip. Yes. Frosting, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's all about, the fun part about cooking is make the presentation of it. Like make the crepes, the egg crepes, and then have fun building it. And then taking it and saying... Look what I did. (laughs) It looks impressive and it doesn't really use that many ingredients when you get right down to it. Not at all. Our ingredient list is very short this week. So, and it's healthy. That's the other thing. You're getting protein from the eggs. You're getting your veggies in there. And caramelized onions give you so much flavor. So so good. They're so good. They're so good. Okay. So try it, take it to a local party or not, or just have your bestie over and talk chickens and have lunch. Send us some pictures if you do it. This is one we want to see the pictures. We want to see what it looks like. Yes, please. Okay, so are we ready to move on to retail therapy? Retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So this week's retail therapy, we're clearing up some confusion about powder to liquid foods. And that's how we're going to classify them because that's exactly what they are. Right. You buy a powder, you reconstitute it with liquid, and that becomes the liquid meal for your birds. So we have included some of these powder to liquid foods in our first aid kits. We keep them on hand for emergencies. We've recommended these to a lot of people over the past few months, but there's some confusion about the brands. So to clear that up, we're going to talk about... Let's talk about the gold standard first, okay? That's the Emirate Omnivore Care. Now, this one is prescription only. Unless you're in the UK. If you're in the UK and you're listening to us, you don't need a prescription to get this, which we think it should be that way across the board, but it's not. So here in the US, you need to go and have a relationship with your veterinarian in order to get this food. So you need liquid food and antibiotics. So it's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. So this food is packed full of every single thing that your chicken's going to need to survive. If you wanted your chicken just to survive on this and you had to force feed them the liquid food, they could do it. And let me tell you, there's so many vitamins and minerals, they can. Gertie lived off of this for what, Holly Ann, like two months strictly when, yeah. when after her crop problems. And her feathers were beautiful after she ate this. Well, after her surgery, Pete and I tube fed her for a week and we had to build up the amount of liquid that could be in her crop. And we could actually feel her gaining weight off of this. 
Oh, within the first few days. And then because she wanted to eat too much, she had to come off all solid food and go on strictly liquid for almost two months. Yeah. And so I syringe fed her four to five times a day with this food for over a month or two. And she did beautifully on it. So it has every single thing that your bird's going to need to get through an illness. If they don't want to eat, it's perfect. But if you have have a chick that just isn't thriving, this is your go-to for getting nutrition into a chick that's not thriving. This is how I saved Clover. Clover was on this for weeks. This is how I saved Clover. The Omnivore Care, the Emeraid is my favorite, but it is prescription. It's amazing. I had little Indigo on it for the first few days after, you know, she had the shipping injury and she, I don't know if the Omnivore Care has anything to do with it, but she is so feathered out and precocious and beautiful and outgoing. She's like a different chick than she was when she arrived. My refrigerator, now, once you open this product, it has to stay refrigerated or you can get it and freeze it if you want to always have it. But once you have it, if you have somebody that's just feeling off and you don't know why, giving them a liquid meal sometimes gives them enough vitamin and mineral boost to help them through whatever they're kind of coping with. It's a must for your first aid kit. If you have someone that will eat mash, you can mix it in with the mash. Exactly. Exactly. It's not terribly expensive either. It's not over the top expensive. No, I think it's about $15 for a bag. A small bag. And the larger bags are about $35 and they last you a long time. Yeah, exactly. Very easy to measure. Comes with its own measuring spoon that you do one-to-one when you measure it. So easy. Long shelf life. Yeah, it's an an excellent product. So let's move on to the next. So the second choice is critical care by Oxbow. Now this used to be prescription. It's not anymore. Some veterinarians will sell it like right in the lobby. Feather scales and tails over in Carroll County, Westminster, here in Maryland. They'll, they have it in the lobby. You can go in and buy it if you're a client. But you can also get it on Chewy now. So that so, makes it so accessible that you can go right to Chewy and buy it. Yep. Yep. It's pretty good stuff. I don't think it is in the same class as the Emirate Omnivore Care. That stuff, I think, blows everything away. I do too. But if I couldn't get it, I would be on the Oxbow Critical Care. That's where I would go. Right. And this is the thing. We're going to talk about these now. If you're listening to this and you have chickens and you're building a first aid kit, when you finish listening, this is what we want you guys to do. Go on and either order something online or if you have a vet, see if they can get you one and have it because this is critical to saving these chickens once they get sick. It's critical to have this on hand and ready to go. Sometimes just getting some liquid meals into them is the difference between them stopping eating and essentially dying and right. getting the strength to, to keep going while they recover. Say in the heat, say your bird gets too hot and you have to bring them in. A liquid meal is a good boost to help them get through even just stressful weather conditions, mm-hmm. anything. This is a major thing to have in your first aid kit. Yeah. So let's talk about the third option. The third option you can get on Amazon, it is KT Exact Hand Feeding Baby Bird Food. And it's really a baby tropical bird food, like for parrots, but it will work for chickens. It will work in a pinch. So Mm -hmm. if you have this on hand, this is our third choice, but they're all around the same price. Just know this. They're all around the same price. So if you can get one of the other two, they're the best ones, but Amazon can sometimes get it to you quicker. So if you're in a place where you need it right away, you might get it same day through Amazon. Amazon is the place to go to get the KT. You might be able to get it on Chewy as well. I think Chewy carries all of them, but I don't know that Chewy has the two-day. 
Right. I think that's the difference between Chewy and the Amazon is Amazon gets you some stuff same day. Right. And when you have a sick bird, same day is it's a crucial thing. Yeah, it can be a matter of life and death. Now, the fourth option is pretty similar to the third option. It's another hand-feeding food for baby tropical birds. Okay. It is Higgins in tune hand-feeding food, again, also on Chewy. And it's still a good solid food that's going to get your bird the nutrients that they need. And that's what's important. Now, there's a fifth option that I don't even know if we even talked about, but it's making your own mash to liquid. And this is a lot harder and only if you're waiting to get the liquid food. But if you have a mash or a crumble, you can mix it with hot water and make a slurry and something that you can potentially give with a syringe. That's only in extreme cases if you don't have these foods. Yeah, you you have to be careful with that because it doesn't always break down the way you need it to. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. But if your choices are that and nothing, absolutely try that slurry. Yeah, try to make that slurry. And what I recommend too is taking the crumble and putting it in a food processor and making it as fine as you can from making it into a powder itself Mm -hmm. and then adding warm water and then putting it into a consistency where you can syringe it into your bird. So those are the types of things. And these are so important. And for retail therapy, we usually do fun stuff, but this is life-saving and we want to make sure that everyone understands what these foods are out there because they're so important. I guess you could grind crumble or pellets in a coffee grinder if you had to. You could do that too. I always just use the food processor. I don't do it anymore because I have my Emirate here. Right. <laughs> I go strictly right to that. But if you needed to, you could take your food processor and put your crumble in it and make it into a fine powder and, and then add hot water to it and then make it into a slurry and try to get into them that way. And yeah. sick birds usually like warm mash. We talk about warm mash all the time. It's taking your crumble food and adding hot water to it and making it very soft. They love it when they're sick. So that's another possibility. You can do it with pellets too, if all you keep is pellets. But when you're doing when you're making pellets into mash, leave a lot of space because it expands a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to let it sit for a while too, so that it really takes in that water so that you can mash it up. Exactly. I don't feed pellets, so I feed crumble, so it's always kind of ready to go. But I always forget that there's pellets and crumble out there. Okay, so if you have any questions, once again, feel free to message us, to email us, and we will help you the best that we can. We enjoy talking and messaging with everybody, and we love it when we're able to help you. So it makes us happy to make you guys feel a little bit easier taking care of your chickens, that's for sure. Should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week is, if I say so myself, a fantastic episode. It's so much fun. We are spotlighting another American classic breed, the Wyandotte. It's huge. For our main topic, we have a super fun interview with Mark and Twain from Neutrina. We're going to be talking about some company history of Neutrina and Cargill and some food science too. It's good stuff. Those guys are so much fun. I love Mm -hmm. talking to them. Cracking the eggs. We're doing a strawberry streusel muffin. Yay. And... Retail Therapy, we're profiling this fantastic company called Mason Cash. They make mixing bowls with chickens on them and hens on nests. Did you know they exist? They're awesome. (laughs) I did not until you found them. They're great. (laughs) Okay. So what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. 
If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.